You don't wait for the meltdown in order to teach your child. Yeah. This patterning, this role playing, this talking, this imagining, that's all has to happen before when the child thinks it's a game. Families with Dash offers a balanced parenting approach from generations of tried and true methods combined with research and insights from today. I'm Amelia Murdoch, founder of Dash into Learning, the popular education company and homeschool mom of four. And I'm Joan Landis, licensed clinical mental health counselor, mom of seven adult children, and grandmother of 16 and counting. And I happen to be Amelia's mom. So what are we going to talk about? We want you to get the benefit of our decades of clinical experience and real life in the family trenches. We offer unique and actionable insights about family life, marriage, and homeschooling. Join us on Families with Dash and become confident and happy parents. Hello. Hi. We are back. We are back. We are glad to be with you today. Yeah, we have a great topic today as usual. (laughs) I really like this one because we use it a lot. That's right. If you're a parent, you need this. Yes. So... The topic is how and why to teach your child to delay gratification. Starting from birth. Babies. Yes. I love this because people do not think nowadays that this is possible. And you can do it in normal ways. Yes. This is an extreme. No. So. No, no, no. This is going to be really cool. Yeah. The, The one thing to kind of set the table for this that's important is why would you intentionally teach your child to delay gratification? What is the reason that parents would teach their child to delay gratification? That's a great question. <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, the reasons are multiple, right? Anytime you're around a child that doesn't know how to wait, mm-hmm. it's problematic. Right. That child is just going to be screaming instantly for what they want and just kind of builds and builds as mm-hmm. they grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's worse and worse. It really does. And so think about the famous marshmallow experiment. Yes. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So Explain it for people who don't Yes. Know. Very, very famous experiment in delayed gratification. They took some four-year-olds and presented random four-year-olds with a marshmallow. And that marshmallow, they said, if you want to eat the marshmallow right now, you can eat that marshmallow right now. But if you will wait 15 minutes, then you can have two marshmallows, Mm -hmm. right? And so they were expecting, so the child had a choice, right, of what they were going to do. And a surprising number were able to delay their gratification for 15 minutes as a four, maybe five-year-old. And then what they did, well, number one, they studied what were the tactics, what were the strategies that the children learned that they knew kind of implicitly how to delay their gratification, what strategies did they use? And then number two, they studied them for years and years and years 20, maybe even 30 years to see what were the results in the life success of these two groups of children, the ones that were able to delay gratification and the others that were not. The kids who ate it right away and then the kids who could wait. Right. And the strategies that the children used were really kind of interesting. Most of the time, the children who were successful didn't stare at the temptation. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. turned away. 
And that's actually, if you're ever teaching your child impulse control or resisting temptation, that's actually a very, very important one. We can talk mm-hmm. about that another time, but they instinctively did that. Another thing they would do is distract themselves. They would sing, they would count something, they would play games, they would look at something else. Mm-hmm. So that distracting was a way to help them delay gratification, mm-hmm. you know. And so they had some just kind of instinctual ways to try to delay it. And when they were successful, they were able to get two. Okay, but this is very much about getting two marshmallows because what they found was that those who were able to delay gratification for that 15 minutes were much higher achieving academically, Mm. did much better in their relationships as far as permanent relationships, did much better in their careers and had much better emotional uh, mental health. So interesting. Yeah. So this is a key, key component that we as intentional parents need to make sure that our children are getting experience with and that we have the expectation. We have the Mm -hmm. expectation. You can do this. Mm-hmm. We don't have the expectation, no, you can't do this, because that really provides the cultural subtext for a child to act out mm-hmm. either way, mm-hmm. right? Unfortunately, what I'm seeing in a lot of the Instagram accounts is trying to shift the cultural expectation to mm-hmm. say, oh, no, children can't do it. And so if you expect them to do it, then they will be traumatized because they're somehow containing and not being able to vent these natural, normal emotions, which children need to do in order to be healthy. Right. Like the, um, if you distract your child, then you're teaching them not to listen to their own feelings. Right. You're teaching them to reject their feelings or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) really? So... Right. Well, and the other thing, too, is that this ability to delay gratification is also a component of the personality trait conscientiousness. Mm. Okay, and the personality trait conscientiousness is a well, well established uh, personality trait over 50 years of research. And conscientiousness is also the number one personality trait that determines career success, academic success, and relational success Mm. in adulthood. It's not your intelligence. It's not your socioeconomic status. Mm. It's not your wealth. It's not your race. Mm. It is your ability to be conscientious. And one of the aspects of conscientiousness is delayed gratification, Mm. right? Because if you can't delay your gratification, you aren't going to be able to do your homework. You're going to run home and do uh, play video games. So you can see how this links up. Okay. But a lot of parents at this point would say, yeah, but how can babies learn delayed Mm. gratification? For sure. Like, when do you start this? Right. Starts when they're 12? (laughs) Right. And that's, I think that's another major mistake. A lot of the um, Instagram influencers assume that little children cannot do this. Therefore, don't ask them because it will traumatize them. And then parents are stuck with a very impulsive child who's 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Right. And actually years of hating parenting. Oh, oh, my gosh. You know, so frustrating. Makes parenting so frustrating, so exhausting. You're like, I'll never have another kid after this one Mm -hmm. because they're a full time, you know, therapeutic job. And here's another thing that I think is very, very important for people to know. One of the reasons that teenagers are prone to in their lives is because they have the capacity as a teenager. A, A small child, you know, has a lot more trouble figuring out how to do that. But the teenager has the capacity but they tend to be more impulsive. Mm. And so when they are in some psychic pain, they are impulsive and say, I've got to get out of it. I've just got to get out of this. I've got to escape because they've never developed the skill of delaying that gratification, Mm -hmm. delaying that impulse. So those children are much more prone 
to ending their life impulsively when they're in pain. But a child who understands that, you know what, things are kind of uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. I've been through that. Mm-hmm. I can survive that. I've survived that as a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old. Mm-hmm. I can survive this as a 16-year-old. Very important skill. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things we want to just lay out for parents is this is a very important thing to start developing in your child. And not only is it good for your child, but it's good for all the other siblings in the family. It's good for you. It's good for your marriage. It's good for the dad. Like it just creates a lot more. It's good for society. It's good for the school system. Yeah. Like if everyone is sending their kids to school that have no impulse control, it's like no wonder teachers are, you know, quitting in droves. And just saying, please medicate everybody. Yeah. And they're they're like, I I can't be the parent to 30 kids in one room. Like it's just impossible. So yeah, yeah, it's really important. Yeah, it really is. And the interesting thing is that uh, this idea that if children learn to delay gratification, that they will somehow be traumatized. That's what I see a lot. Or they're like, oh, um, what I hear a lot is they're saying, oh, in this dysregulated state, they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, right. But that, so. But that is actually not true. I mean... From my perspective as a parent, I'm like, when they're dysregulated, I can't sit and talk about their feelings with them. I can't do that. And that's what I see a lot of the advice saying. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's when you sit and listen to them. But what what you can, what I can do with my child is set a boundary Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. ask them to calm down. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Calm down and then mom will help you process. Yeah. We'll help figure it out. But you're not going to be flailing, kicking, screaming, throwing punches. No, for sure. you're not going to be. Dead. OK, so let's talk about how nature actually imposes expectations on little children, even newborn babies. And yeah, this, this is, is this is really cool. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, people think, oh, newborn babies cannot delay gratification. Well, actually, Mother Nature insists that they do. And this is how it happens. The baby is born. Mm-hmm. The baby has to wait a period of not minutes, hours, or even, well, days mm-hmm. in order for the mother's milk supply to come in. Mother Nature says that baby needs to wait while mother's milk supply is established. And that baby gets virtually nothing, mm-hmm. a few tablespoons of colostrum, mm-hmm. and their weight actually diminishes. They lose weight and they do not have their, you know, that normal, natural desire for food that is not satiated mm-hmm. immediately. Mother Nature says, mm, you're going to be waiting possibly two, three, maybe even four days mm-hmm. to eat. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is striking yeah. in how nature says even newborn babies can delay that gratification. This is possible. This it is possible. Is possible. Yeah. And then... And it happens. <laughs> it, every, every time a baby's born. And then the corollary to that is as soon as mom's milk supply is, is established, then that baby gets practiced delaying gratification many times a day. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the baby's hungry mm-hmm. and the mom offers the baby the breast and that baby, while hungry, mm-hmm. okay, not not while happy, while hungry, is expected to work, nurse, suckle, is expected to nurse with no reward mm. for a period of a few seconds while the letdown reflex happens. Yeah. So every day, many times a day for a newborn child who is hungry, mm-hmm. who has needs, right? Nature says, mm, you need to actually work for a while. Mm-hmm. while you are in an uncomfortable state and then that reward comes and the interest you know if you know if you've breastfed babies you will know if they sit and scream that's not gonna help no they have to control Work. themselves yep and nurse that's right 
before, you know, if they just, and it's like, you know, you'll have a baby that breaks away and screams and you're like, okay, it's nothing, <laughs> that's not going to help. And then they keep working and then it works out. So mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Right. That's example number two, how nature expects newborn babies to delay their gratification. And I think it's so common. It's so common around us that we almost don't even notice it. Yeah. We don't even understand what we're seeing here. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then the interesting thing about that is like, this is not just like a parenting style. No, this is how nature works. This is biology. This is how we are created. (laughs) So no matter what kind of parenting style you do, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like this is how it is. Yes, for sure. Which, which is something to say about the old fashioned bottles that the, the milk would come out immediately. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting, uh, seeing it through this lens of delayed gratification now, it, it, it's kind of instructive, isn't it? It's like, yeah. hmm, maybe getting those bottles with the nipples that take a little few sucks in order mm-hmm. to get the milk to come. Which is how a lot of the new bottles are. Exactly. Because they know that's important. Yes, is, is actually a, a good, a very good thought. Okay, another thing that babies can do to delay gratification, well, th- that they experience from being a newborn is to be distracted, usually by their mom, when they're kind of upset. Mm -hmm. And so their mom distracts them. Okay. So maybe they're hungry. Maybe they need their diaper changed. And the mom will hold them, uh, bounce them, bounce them, walk around for a few minutes, right? Mom's getting things ready. Maybe she's warming the bottle. Maybe she's, you know, getting everything ready so that she can sit down and nurse. Uh, Maybe she's getting everything ready to change the diaper. And so that mom is connected with the child, but distracting the child from the impulse that the child is trying to get filled. That's yeah. that's a very important thing to understand too, is that uh, when you are doing that as a mother, you are distracting them from, you're delaying them from gratifying that impulse. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's actually a good thing. Yeah. And you're not doing it in a way that's torturous. Yeah. That's like abandoning. It's mm-hmm. like, no, mm-hmm. This is. Mm-hmm. It's a way that they are learning to delay gratification. So that's another one that's very important to understand what's happening there. Again, we see it so often we almost are not even understanding what we're what we're observing. Another thing, too, is um, and this is kind of similar, but when someone comforts a child, that emotional support will help the child delay gratification. Mm. Okay, so you could argue that it is a distraction, but some distractions aren't necessarily comforting. It's like, Mm. here, look at this toy. Yeah. See, that's different. That's a distraction. And that does work mm-hmm. right temporarily. Mm-hmm. But the, but another one that helps to delay gratification is emotional support mm-hmm. from the especially the mother, the cooing sounds, the soothing, the talking, the holding, the bouncing, all that. That's another example. So we've given you four examples right off the bat of how nature and that natural relationship with a mother and a baby actually reinforce that child's understanding and skills with delaying gratification. Yeah. Now, if we don't see it as that, if we don't understand what's happening, then we don't have the expectation later for the child to build on that. And we have the expectation, oh yeah, no, children can't delay gratification. Whenever he's screaming, just start scurrying around and trying to find things to placate him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. So another one is, you know, in prior generations, I'm not really an advocate of this, but it certainly happened all the time in, you know, very elite families was children were put on a feeding schedule Mm -hmm. and the feeding schedule was rigid. Mm -hmm. And it was like every two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And as they got older, it was longer and um, it was not feed by impulse. Yeah. 
It was feed by schedule. Now, again, I'm not a big fan of that. I think that children need to feel like their needs will be met in a timely manner, but those children learn to wait. Well, and you think about when you go to Europe, people eat at mealtime. They don't snack. Oh. They don't eat in the car. Oh, they that's don't eat right. anytime. They eat at mealtime and everybody waits for mealtime. That's right. And that's how it used to be in the 50s. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If you ate lunch at your desk, you'd be a weirdo. If mm-hmm. you ate food in your car, they'd be like, you're weird. So the there used to be the expectation for everyone, like you eat at mealtimes and that's when you eat. I, that's a great point. And nowadays it's like, oh, everyone carries around huge bags of snacks for all the kids and everyone's eating in the car. If you get hungry at all, oh, you got to eat. But it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so that's an excellent, excellent point is that expectation used to be very common Yeah, that we delay our gratification of hunger so that we can unite around the table and have it be a communal event exactly. ins- instead of just, Everyone just eating whatever. stuff in your mouth. Yeah. And then you miss that relational piece For sure. and you miss the delayed gratification piece. Yeah. So, so uh, babies were expected, you know, a few generations ago to delay the gratification for having their hunger impulse uh, gratified and they managed you know, they, they did okay. Um, that probably was the generation that made the greatest generation, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's another instance of how little babies can learn. Now, and then if you think about a tiny bit later, when children are learning to talk, mm. that's a very natural, that's nature that has wired into them the desire for language and to learn to talk. And talking itself, learning to talk, that child has to delay gratification. Because it's easier just to scream and hit and throw things and, you know, grab mom around the legs. That's easier. But to learn to talk, they have to delay their gratification to scream and hit and throw things and grab things. And they have to think. They actually have to think, right? Their brain has to kick in gear and they have to try to form those words and in order to get what they want. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah, it is. That's a huge delay of gratification. Yeah. And I think people, again, don't understand what they're seeing. Yeah. When they say children can't delay gratification, they can't control their impulses. No, that's not true. And nature has wired that into them and expects them to do it. And we can build on that. Yeah. Right. I remember I had a speech therapist that came to our home, my oldest, and I didn't really, I was like, oh, you know, she's not saying any words. So that means, you know, when she screams or whatever, that's how she's communicating because she had zero words. Mm Mm-hmm. And the speech therapist was like, well, you have to teach her at this point to say something, to get something. Right. You have to teach her, say, say help. And if it wasn't screaming, if it was any sort of, because she had no words, if it was any sort of vocalization, vocalization that wasn't screaming, you say, oh, thanks for saying help. And then you help them. And I was like, this is a novel concept. Mm -hmm. I have to teach them to say Mm -hmm. something. And it was that exact thing. And she learned really quick if, Mm -hmm. and I just stopped responding Mm -hmm. unless she said mm-hmm. help. And it right. was amazing how fast it happened. Right. It's just shaping behavior. Yeah. And it's like, it's a key component of intentional parenting. Yeah. You start with what the baby can do and then you build on it. Yep. You shape the behavior. Right. Okay. So learning to talk is a really good one. And then also learning to walk. Yeah. Right. If a child just was giving into the impulses, they would crawl around as fast as they could because it's initially, yeah. and it's faster initially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But. And less painful. Less painful. Right. And so walking itself is an example of how very young children can delay gratification, do hard things Mm -hmm. because they have a goal and because nature wires that into them. Yeah. Nature says it's going to take some work Mm -hmm. and you can do it. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So those are things that I think are very, very important to understand to really discount the myth that little babies cannot delay gratification. There's also a discussion we can have about how little babies can actually control their impulses. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that's another discussion, but that's really cool too. That's a really cool discussion. But let's think about how do we apply these concepts into intentional balanced parenting? How do we do that at this point? Well, you build on that knowledge that your child already has some skills to delay gratification. You You know that, you're observing it, you're interpreting their behavior that way, you're having an expectation. Yes, you can delay your gratification. I think it also helps to realize, hey, this is how we're built. This isn't just like my opinion or someone telling me to do it. It's like, this is how humans are built and biologically. Right, right. In order to function in a complex society, a group, a tribe, a community, you know, we all have to delay gratifications and redirect impulses. We all have so to do that. I think that helps give parents confidence saying, yes. hey, this is how it works. Yes, absolutely. So. Okay. So some of the things that you will use these skills for is when you're teaching your child to use a toilet. When you're teaching your child to use a toilet, that is a delay of gratification. Totally. Right? Totally. They're not pooping and peeing everywhere. They are waiting and to the appropriate place. And then that's where they go. And that's a, that's one of the most obvious, you know, actions that a child learns that everyone notices. You know, it's easy for parents to ignore the other ones that we already listed. This is a really common one where you're like, wow, if children cannot delay gratification, then you really should not expect them to use a toilet. Mm. But everybody expects their children to use yes. the toilet. Yes. They really do. Yes. You know, another one is sleeping through the night and they want the gratification of like curling up in a warm bed with, you know, mom and dad. And we get that. And that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person that says never sleep with your children. I, I actually, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of that connection. I really am. But there's a time when just the family's mental health, that child needs to learn to delay that gratification. Now, this can be a training process where it's not letting them cry it out. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to do that. If you do do that, it's not going to traumatize them for life though. And that I can have that discussion, but there's other ways to teach your child to sleep through the night. That is more of a um, skill building procedure. That's another podcast, but just so you know, that also is a way that you build on these skills of delaying gratification by sleeping through the night. So I did this with my three and a half year old. So she was really good about sleeping, but then every single night she would come in and want a bottle of milk every single night. And for a while, a long time, I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just give it to you. And she goes straight to bed. Mm-hmm. It's like, no big deal. And finally, I was like, okay, this is interrupting my sleep. This has to stop. And so we made a secret chart and she loved it. Oh, she wow. loved it. I was just like, if you don't come into mom and you just drink the bottle next to your bed, <laughs> then you'll get a sticker. So she delayed that. And then it took 30 days and then she, we got to go shopping and choose a thing. So it was a huge, wow. Every single day she did the star delay, and then a huge delay of 30 times in a row. I think the first week we did something and then it was, um, but you know, every day she'd get the sticker, which Mm -hmm. was nice. And she just totally flew with it. I was like amazed at how Mm -hmm. well she could delay that Mm -hmm. gratification and say, Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go bother mom. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to get my, you know, Mm -hmm. get my drink here. And then go back to sleep. It was Mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is awesome. So they're able to do it. Yes. Yes. And And at different ages need different things. Sure. For sure. Another thing that requires a delay of gratification is taking turns. For sure. Sharing. 
that that you have to delay gratification for that. And one. and these are the things that very often the Instagram influencers are saying, don't expect your child to share. Don't force them to share. Don't. And, and there's a difference between forcing your child and expecting and training them and mm-hmm. teaching them to. Mm-hmm. Okay. But definitely, if this child has had some practice with delaying gratification, this is not an overwhelming concept. It takes practice, but is not going to be traumatizing, right? If you've never expected your child to delay gratification, you know, and then suddenly it's like, yeah, give up everything. Yeah, that that could be a big adjustment. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Work, yeah, yeah that, that it could be overwhelming. I heard this great story of someone who was at church and she had like these, you know, like a toddler and a four-year-old and the newborn. And it was just like every time she'd go to church, it was this like huge mess. You know, the toddler was screaming, the four-year-old was whining, they couldn't stay in. They always had to go over to the mother's room and she was, you know, and finally this older, more experienced mom was like, you know that church is not the place to do the training. Right. Church is the test. Right. <laughs> like coming here is so, you know, and it's kind of like the sharing. Like when you go out to a play date and you're with all these other kids, that's not really the time to train mm. the impulse control for sharing. Mm-mm. The time to do it is when you're at home. Mm-hmm. And doing these other things we're talking mm-hmm. about, building mm-hmm. these smaller steps. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And so you're segueing into the next part, which is. Oh, sorry. How, no, I it's skip. perfect. It's uh-huh. perfect. How do you actually train and teach your child before the test? Right. Yeah. And again, I think this is a massively overlooked process in so many of the Instagrammer accounts is you don't wait for the meltdown in order to teach your child. Yeah. This patterning, this role playing, this talking, this imagining, that's all has to happen before when the child thinks it's a game. Yeah. When the child is not emotionally dysregulated, mm-hmm. they're not upset. And exactly. so you don't so, wait for no. the meltdown to do the training. No, no, yeah. no. And so that's why this idea of this intentional balanced parenting saying, all right, children can learn to delay their gratification. Let's practice it. Right. So some of the ways to practice it, are insisting that they do certain behaviors before the other behaviors that they want, Mm -hmm. right? So the classic one, I think we've talked about this before, is asking for complete silence before a meal. This is a great exercise, yeah. Yeah, and this is what, you know, saying grace on meals used to do, Yeah, right? Kids had to fold their arms, bow their head, wait. Till they be quiet. Right, be quiet, wait, and not move and run around. While grace was being said, and then you have your meal. And this really funny story that I just heard of Benjamin Franklin. Have you heard this one? I know. So he's a kid and they had 15 kids in their family, Mm -hmm. like crazy, huge family. And they would all sit down to have dinner, you know, all these kids. And the father would say grace, but he would say these really long, really long (laughs) prayers. And everyone's sitting there waiting to eat. You're like really long. Like 10 minutes plus. And they all have to sit there or else, you know, that's probably big why problems. He, that's probably why he left the, an organized religion. Right. This is why. <laughs> so the funny part is they were out, you know, prepping this pig. They had just slaughtered to hang the meat and stuff. So he was like, why don't we just say the long grace over this pig now before the meal? And the father was not excited about that. And so, <laughs> but I think it's interesting back then how it was expected that yes. children, I was like, that's crazy. They're sitting there for 10, 15 minutes with mm-hmm. all their meals sitting there, mm-hmm. 15 children. Mm-hmm. 
and they're all expected to be perfectly mm-hmm. still. I mean, that's a huge exercise in delay gratification. gratification. I right. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, how did they get them to do that? Right. I mean, well, part of it. Consequences? <laughs> well, but, but part of it is the cultural expectation. Yeah, that's what everybody You didn't have people running around saying, oh, you're going to traumatize your kid. They can't do that. For sure. Right. Um, so the expectation was there and then a lot of training. Yeah. Right. So being quiet is a really, really good one that you can practice before meals. And I do this before we turn on the TV. Perfect. So I'll, they're all sitting there. I say, everyone has to be perfectly quiet. I'm putting a timer on for mm-hmm. one minute. Mm-hmm. You know, my two-year-old does this. Mm-hmm. And she knows. So, mm-hmm. and then they get the, I don't just say, everyone's screaming, okay, sit down, watch a movie. Ah. That's right. Definitely not. That's right. So that's key. What Amelia just said is so key that anytime... <laughs> Anytime that we as parents are offering a reward or a, or a need being met, we can imitate nature mm-hmm. and ask for the delay, ask for the delay and gratification to practice it intentionally. And that's just what nature has already uh, provided. And we can just build on that. Another one is to be perfectly still. And so we talk kind of about both those with saying grace. They have to be quiet and still. But that's another um, really important thing is to contain the impulse to thrash and run and jump and all that. It's like, be still. And that's, that's a really good one too. Okay. Another one that people kind of forget is um, the skill of ignoring. And that's a skill set to ignore. And it actually helps people with the next skill, which is attending. So parents need to teach their child to ignore distractions around them. And this happens with practice. Okay. So when I'm teaching children music and they are preparing for a recital, and, and this is later on in life, but you can do this earlier. Later on in life, they're getting prepared for a recital. So what I'll do as part of their preparation is I will say, all right, you think you know this piece by heart. You think you know it perfectly. You're not going to make any mistakes. Now, I will do everything I can to distract you while you are performing and you have to ignore me. And so they, they, and they think it's the most funny game. You know, I'm coughing, sneezing, I'm throwing things, I'm falling down in front of them. I'm screaming, I'm running around the piano and they just have to ignore and keep on, keep on. And they can't break, they can't laugh. And, and so that, that's just one way that we teach children to learn to ignore distractions. Now, another one is, let's see, is it the smile game or something? What is it, where the first one to smile loses? You know, you have to look at each yeah. other. That's similar. But another one, another great story I had, I remember hearing this at a homeschool convention. There was a fabulous teacher in the California public schools. And uh, be, I think he was about fifth grade. And he was um, just known as being able to handle a really challenging kids and really challenging class. One of the first things he taught his class in fifth grade was how to ignore. Everybody was taught to ignore. And he kind of did the same thing. He'd provide all kinds of crazy distractions. And when the whole entire class was able to ignore it, then they got the reward. And those kids learned to focus and not be distracted by everything, right? He had this class extremely well-trained. They could focus, they could get things done. And then here comes the new kid. The new kid was a problem child from another school. He was transferred in and he had a very bad record. And so the first day he sat there and just kind of looked around and sniggered, you know, and just kind of didn't cooperate. And um, everybody ignored him. Mm. And then he started cracking jokes and throwing things. (laughs) Everybody ignored him. (laughs) And they said, finally, he, well, not finally, he stood on his desk and yelled. Everybody ignored him. And then the final was he got up and threw his desk. Everybody ignored him. And the teacher said, I could almost see him inside just having this big, long exhale. like, 
huh, I guess that's not how I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm getting nothing from this. Right. Normally I get things. Right. And that was the beginning of his transformation. That's cool. Right. But the the trick was the rest of the class had been pre-trained to ignore all those distractions. In fact, they looked at it as a challenge and a game. Mm. They loved it. And, and then it really made a really great experience for that boy. And, and at the end of, at the end of the school year, that boy came up to this teacher and just said, I've never had anybody care about me like you. And so this is not, see what, what would have happened if, you know, he'd been surrounded by a bevy of counselors and said, oh, tell us how you're feeling. You're having, you're having some bad feelings here, right? I'm not saying that that is never allowed, but I'm saying that you need a balanced approach. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you possible to do that. for Right. Anybody. Sometimes you just need to have the expectation and training to delay gratification. And then when they are behaving in a more civilized manner. All right. Now let's talk. Yeah. Right. So well, and you can practice this every day with the sibling. Right. Ah, she's bothering me. Right. Right. Ignore it. Right. Learn to ignore it. Right. Learn to ignore it. And then there will be a reward. Right. Because what's happening is you have to look at the payoff. Right. What payoff is a kid getting by running to you and saying, she's stealing something. And I'm not saying that we should uh, force children to work everything out on their own. I actually don't believe that because there's too often a power differential. You've got a six year old and a four year old. Well, that's not right. Right. You know, but sometimes when this, you know, 10 year old is like the four year old's bothering me. Right. Right. They're breathing next to me. That kind of thing. (laughs) So, but I think we need to definitely look at those payoffs and say, how can we make the payoff for ignoring the childish behavior of a sibling more powerful than the payoff for coming and tattling to mom? So that could be another discussion. But ignoring is a powerful, powerful, important skill set to teach your child. And that also is going to when you build on those skills, it will help their attention. So that's the next one. How do you build attention, right? And and so just insisting that your child attend to something before they whatever, you know, even if it's from, hey, you know, look, look at my, look at my snapping fingers, you know? Okay. Did you look at it? Great. Awesome. Look at my finger move in a circle. Can you watch that? Good. Yes. Great. It's just a couple seconds, yeah. right? Little, little babies can do this. Babies attend to faces they attend, they focus. And so that tells us that they can learn to attend. And as intentional parents, you just ask for a little more of that, a little more of that, right? Now we naturally do it. Mother nature already does that by the way that parents, um, mothers, especially naturally animate their face, Mm -hmm. animate their voice for children, right? To say, attend to this, attend to this. Yeah, this is the important thing. This is the important thing. And children naturally attend to those faces. They are wired to attend to faces and voices that they know and love. So, I mean, if you're homeschooling, this is such an important habit right. to train. Right. I mean, it's so hard to teach a child that has never been asked to attend. Asked to attend. And I and know focus. That, Another know, word is focus. Focus. Yeah. yeah. The, um, you know, the classic Charlotte Mason, she says the first habit, the most important habit you have to do is the habit of attention. That's she right. Calls it the habit of attention. And the interesting thing is she doesn't ask kids to stay ultra focused for really long. No, no, no. She's like, the lessons need to be 10, mm-hmm. 20 minutes long, 20 mm-hmm. minutes for older kids, 10 minutes for younger kids. Like, you know, first, second, third sure, graders. Sure. But she doesn't have, oh, this is an hour and a half long class. No. We're doing an hour. And I think kids, you know, they can grow their attention as they get older. But I think she realized you do, you know, 10 minutes here and then let's switch to another thing and keep that focus. But mm-hmm. sometimes kids need it. 
change of right but you can keep that attention right and and not only that but not only practice attending but a practice bringing your attention back yeah. Now that's meditation, right? Meditation, guided imagery, uh, things, you know, like breathing exercises. That's all about uh, bringing your attention back, bringing your attention back. And then, see, it's not just bringing your attention back, but can you keep focusing and build that attention span? Yeah. Right? So parents, think of ways to, you know, uh, ask your children to focus on something. It could be a bell. It could be your snapping fingers. It could be uh, your finger, you know, are, are they looking up? Are they looking down? Are they, you know, Simon says there's a reason that game has been so perennially a favorite. I've seen someone that just posted, they said, you, have you seen the electronic Simon says, do you remember that old Simon says game that has the colors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you follow the colors? I think it's just called Simon. Yeah. It's called yeah. Simon. Mm-hmm. That old game that mm-hmm. she was saying, yeah, my kid had the worst memory, the worst working attention. memory. That's right. Working and memory. We got this game mm-hmm. and they've been using it crazy about it every day for a few weeks and mm-hmm. she's like her memory is like insane like it's right so much better right so that's like and i'm like i should get that because i think my kids really like it but um actually i used to love that game i loved that game as a kid too i loved it i'm like and i think that's a great example of she trained mm-hmm. this memory and attention mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. just was the payoff was there i love it I love that. So. That is powerful. And, you know, anytime you can make it pleasurable, yeah, make it, right? Make, make it, it pleasurable, make it a goal oriented thing. It's like, wow, you know, I, I was able to do a pattern of seven steps. Can yeah. I do eight? Yeah. Right. So that's brilliant. Oh, wow. You are so, you have the best insights, someone Amelia. Post, someone else posted this. Yeah, I'm but you. telling you what someone says. But, <laughs> no, that's so great. So anyway, that is our discussion for today. I hope that this has been groundbreaking for you. I think I've never heard these concepts on Instagram. I think they are key. I think it can change this culture where people just assume children are basically a bag of impulses with legs and, and really. And, and it's all up to the parent to change my behavior, change my reactions oh, yeah. to fit the child. Oh yeah. And make that's what you're seeing a lot of. And it's like there comes a point where that's just not gonna work. And, well it's and, not certainly not gonna work for more than one kid because okay. that you you would be a full time therapist for that children. I saw somebody saying, Hey, yeah, what do I do when my ten year old child right. refuses to get dressed? And go to school. Right. Just sits there, refuses. Right. And I have to go in there. I try and listen to her feelings. Oh, I try and gosh. do all this stuff. And, you know, but the whole family is now late for school. All oh. the kids are late for school. I'm just like, um. What's wrong this with this picture? Not, this is not making the parents. Mm-mm. This is not effective. <laughs> no, no. it's it, And it's actually very damaging. I mean, yeah. the whole family is now. Traumatized. So that kind of stuff, I hope, is what we can balance out mm-hmm. and realize when you're in that moment. You know, like mm-hmm. we said, that's the test. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out these ways to train mm-hmm. before this. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's actually talk about that for just a minute. Because one of the best ways to practice is, so let's talk about different ways to practice this. Number one is when you're playing toys with your child, you're playing dolls, you're playing My Little Pony, whatever, dinosaurs, model this idea. Wait, 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 wait. You can wait. You know, the dinosaur's waiting before he eats or waiting before he jumps on the volcano, whatever. And it's, you know, My Little Ponies, dolls, baby dolls, model that, play that with your child, have the expectation they can see that with their toys. The the modeling of listen to mom. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) This, this toy listens to mom right away. That's right. Happy this toy is. That's right. (laughs) No, any behavior that you are trying to inculcate, any behavior or any, um, any um, thoughts process, 
Yeah. Right? Any expectation? Toys are huge. Well, and, you know, people are always saying kids like, I mean, I ever, I think everyone's felt this way. Oh, I don't want to play with my kid. What do I do? This is so boring. Mm-hmm. Or that you just go play with your siblings. Mm-hmm. And this is such a cool opportunity yeah. to use it as a modeling, you just teaching, think of it training. Right. What you're going to do. Right. Exactly. Or whatever the child's having a, a problem with, mm-hmm. you know, you can demonstrate the toy, the, the Barbie, whatever that's screaming, having a meltdown, you know, and, and then coming out of it. Yeah. Coming out of it faster having the impulse and then not even giving into the impulse, you know, to you practice this process. So you can do that with toys. You can definitely do that with actual physical role play. Let's act it out. Kids love to act out stuff, you know, act out the meltdown. Okay. Act out the, you get frustrated and actually you delay the impulse. Mm -hmm. You wait, you talk to mom in nice ways. Mm -hmm. Mom gives you a hug. You solve the problem. Yay. You know, to actually have them act it out and have props and you can even have costumes if you want, you know, if you want, make it fun. So that's a really important. Another one is their imagination. So as you're putting them to bed at night, instead of telling them a story about Cinderella, tell them a story about a child who has the same kind of problems that they're struggling with. Right. I mean, don't you remember that story of the little girl that never wanted to take a bath? Did I ever tell you that yeah, story? We had that book too. Oh. There was a story of the, that was the best book. Oh, I should get that book. What was it called? I don't know. It was so funny. We loved that book. <laughs> this girl never takes a bath and she just gets dirtier and dirtier. And, and her parents couldn't convince her to take a bath. Yeah, she couldn't. She just refused. And she started getting things growing out of her hair and, you and know, her, everything bugs. So gross. Birds building nests in her hair. And the illustrations were so, so good. Funny. And then she gets in the bath and it finally... Yes. And it just all comes off. Yes. Oh, wow. I don't want that to happen to me. Yes, yes. And so, see, parent, you can you can use your bedtime story time to teach. And it's really important. Help them tell them stories of, of characters that have the same challenges that you're working with them on. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. So those are really important ways to practice the impulse control with children to teach and train before the test. And that will help them, you know. Um, and then another thing is you model it. Right. So when you are controlling your impulses, you can point that out to them and delaying your gratification. You say, you know what? Mommy really wanted to like, you know, just uh, slam the door and leave right then. And mommy didn't. Mommy knelt down. and Mommy hugged you. So moms do that, too. And you can do that. Right. So modeling is really important too. And, and then pointing out when other children do it well, you're like, wow, look at that. Look at that. That's really neat. And point out when they do it. Yes. And when they do it and when they even do it a little bit. So this is called shaping behavior. That's another concept. But just if they even do it a little bit, really acknowledge them and uh, let them know that they should be proud of themselves and that they are seeing themselves grow up. Uh, let's finish on this thought. One of the important things about teaching and training children to behave in certain ways is that until they see themselves do it, they almost can't imagine themselves doing it, right? They only imagine, they only see themselves in their mind eye having meltdowns and tantrums and then getting what they want. So when you teach and train them, they actually go through the motions. They have this memory now. They have this self-concept. They have this internal working model of themselves of, I can delay gratification. I can be patient. I can package my emotions in ways to get my needs met in civilized ways. And that's really important. If all we... If you don't want to create a narcissist, this has to happen. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Yeah. And they're actually going to be happier. Yes. See, that's the thing. They're not sadder because they can delay gratification. They are going to be happier. People will like them more 
They'll be much more popular in school, mm-hmm. right? They'll have the skills they need to get along with people because they can delay gratification and they'll be more successful academically, relationally, career-wise. They're actually going to be more happy. So, all right. We should definitely, I don't know, another podcast, but yes. people will always say my child has ADD, so they can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's another podcast. But I think that's that another was, podcast. That is interesting that mm-hmm. we could definitely talk about that. Oh my gosh. So yep. and I think that mm-hmm. would be really valuable. Yep. But even if they have ADD, that doesn't mean they can't learn. Yeah. So and so maybe Mother Nature still expected these that's same right. things. That's right. And so maybe maybe they're starting a little bit behind the finish the starting line. Yeah. That doesn't mean they can't make progress. For sure. Same process. For sure. Same process. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. We'll <laughs> see you. It's later. been great. Yep. Thanks, Amelia. Find more from us at dashintolearning.com for all things educational and learn more about Dash Into Happy, our family-friendly social-emotional learning program. Thanks for being part of Families with Dash. Disclaimer, the information and advice posted on the Dash Into Learning, Dash Into Happy, and Into Happy site and podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional, medical, legal, or other professional assistance. Call your medical or mental health professional or 911 for all emergencies. Joan Landis. Amelia Merck are not liable for any advice or information provided on the account Dash into Happy, Dash into Learning, Families with Dash, or Into Happy.